welcome back to another fascinating episode of Forever Broken. Uh, I am Derek Thompson, and tonight we're going to be answering big questions in life. Like, you know, I really don't have any good questions tonight, but it uh, doesn't really fucking matter now, does it? So, anyways, I'm Derek Thompson, the host, as always, and with me tonight is TJ Davidson. What up? And TJ will be introducing tonight's special guest, uh, very special from our conversation we've had up to this point, so feel pretty good about tonight's show. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Uh, tonight we have Mark, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's actually in my unit in the National Guard, and uh, as Derek said, he is he's a pretty special person. Uh, Mark, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell listeners a little bit about you. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, originally from Oklahoma and guard unit with OTJ, uh, been in for about 13 years playing this army, uh, activities and I've been various things in my career as far as civilian land and worked in some restaurants, been a social worker. Uh, now I'm a cardiac nurse for the last five or six years, somewhere like that. Got some kids and a wife. That's about what I do. Hell yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Hell good yeah. time. Good time. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, well, it can't be too terrible, you know. I mean, the being slow thing kind of probably makes it a little bit harder, but... <laughs> you know, I'm not a crayon eater like you boys, but that's <laughs> all right. You, I can start eating them, I suppose. You eat five or six crayons, and all of a sudden, but everyone hates you. I like the 24-packs. I do, too. They're pretty great. Uh, I haven't graduated the 48 or the 64 with the magic sharpener in the back, but you know, whatever, we'll do whatever. Yeah, we'll get now, there. Now that I've offended at least half of our listeners. Uh, yeah. So you, uh, you've had a pretty illustrious career up to this point. You've done a lot of stuff, which is always fun. You know, I'm sure the most traumatizing was probably uh, food services, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting, uh, to see a lot of, interesting people in the world some crazies and you know if you've ever worked food industry before you've been around all kinds of fun interesting stuff that you don't want to tell everybody about <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i think the food industry gets like the worst amount of crap like thrown at them and they get none of the credit and it's kind of unfortunate i mean really because no i mean everyone fucking eats everyone goes out. everybody like They've got to deal with everybody. You know, at least in the military, it was just like-minded people, for the most part, beating the hell out of each other mentally and physically, you know? Yeah, when people jump on you, you just mm. got to beat them off. Just beat them all off. Beat all of them off. Every one of them. Yeah, you can't really do that in civilian land and not go to jail a bunch. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, it's really you know, awkward when you walk to. into a public park and you just start trying to beat people off. Yeah, you know, you a couple would, nights in jail. You would think, you know, twenty twenty two, fuck, you know, it should be. We all got feelings now. I would, I would really appreciate like if I'm being out of hand, just, just somebody just just beat me off right there. Yeah, me too. Somebody's got you me. know. It'd be even better though if somebody <laughs> jerked me off. Oh, that's not, yeah. that's not what we're talking about? Oh, I no, I thought we were just talking about beating people off, you know. Oh, yeah. Potato, tomato, what's the difference? Well, it's all the same. But anyways, uh, let's kind of dive into your uh, careers and what got you to them. Huh, you know, mostly bills. <laughs> you know, you got to pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> got to have uh, income to make things happen. Uh, I've always liked helping people, so that's kind of why I was, you know, in the food industry. You're helping people not die of hunger, uh, which kind of pushed me to want to do social work because I like helping people, uh, which kind of pushed me to work less and make more money to be a nurse, helping people. Um so most of it's all been pretty much helping professions. Yeah, that's a... You know, military, I'm just helping our country. Yeah, that's a good Yeah, answer. no big deal. Yeah. No big deal, you know, just freedom. Hey, I got to come in, you know, thank you for your service. 
likewise, both to two of you gentlemen. Uh, that's what we do here. We thank me for yeah, thank me for my service too. We have to do that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, Derek, thank you for your service. Yeah, I don't know how I've lived this long without being able to say exactly. that. Exactly. Just I, I got to have it. I mean, if we're close, I'd probably kiss both of you. I'd kiss everyone here. That's that's just where I'm at in my life right now. You know, but I'm in my closet, so I'm still there. Uh, we're recording live from Derek's closet right now. Um. Feel free to come out anytime. It's 2022. Um. Hey, man, don't don't hold it in. No, I think I'm I'm pretty much stuck in here. That's where I gotta be. Uh, if you have Hayden Hart, let it out. Let it out. <laughs> Let's hug it out, bro. I do. That's what I always do. I hug it out. But um, so with the National Guard. How long ago was it when you joined there? As September will be 13 years. No kidding. You? Man. God, that's pretty much as long as I've been alive based on, like, mental years. <laughs> First of all, I'll fight you. Second of all, <laughs> I didn't join until I was an old man. I was, like, 30 or 31 when I joined, which is abnormal for most well, you know, such is life. Well, you know, not really. One of the guys in boot camp with us was, I think, the top age you can enlist in. He was like 33, and he sounded just like Hank Hill. Mm. It was the greatest thing ever. Oh. Like, <laughs> they he was from he was from Arkansas, and all of our drill instructors oh. looked black. I mean, I think one of them was Cuban, one was Samoan. Um, our senior was the most intimidating african man i've ever seen in my life that's awfully racist of you continue uh yeah yeah he really was <laughs> he was yoked out of his freaking mind just this big dude he had a giant scar on his face it was crazy he scared the bejesus out of me and he was actually the nicer of all of them um but turner these are our drill instructors and he's from arkansas so you know he kind of talks like this and kind of slow and twangy and country. Yeah. So he's got that going for him. We're up at uh, Crucible, and they're all just, like, jumping his ass in there because he was on Firewatch, and they're like, fuck you looking for, Turner? He says, wildlife. They said, wildlife, huh? That's what you're looking for? What are you going to do if you see some wildlife? He goes, kill it. Eat it. They said, with what? He says, with my burr hands. And... I can tell they're laughing at this point, but then they sit there and they have to get serious again. And they sit there and they're like, come on, Turner. You know you want to say it? Igor. Igorish. Igorish, Turner. And he's just like, uh, uh, I don't know what the fuck's happening right now. But they're just baiting him in to saying the N-word. And I, I, I don't know why. I just thought it was the funniest freaking thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> He gonna get you beat down. Oh God! He, I really thought they were gonna kill him. I thought like <laughs> I kind of like I don't. I didn't think he would say it because he's one of the nicest people ever. But I was like, oh fuck no! If he does, he's dead. So I was kind of impressed. Go. That's the dedication the Marine Corps has, like to making sure you're properly well, you trained piece of shits. They're like could get called a racist name today don't care you can kill innocent people just don't say the n-word that's yeah, taking that's it too far can't do. that's a story for Houston. another day um and i need to get staff sergeant harker on for that <laughs> is that the gentleman you were telling me about that's not here with us this evening no you you remember staff sergeant harker don't you yeah i think he uh he wanted to kill me actually uh, Do you remember? Yeah. So remember the days of Dukes I had. Yeah, we we yeah, we talked about those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was wearing those Daisy Dukes, and it was near Halloween, and I had that um, bodybuilding.com shirt or whatever, and I cut the sleeves out of it, and I tied it in a in a knot, like real cute, you know. <laughs> and um, he was FaceTiming his old lady, and I went up there and I sat on his lap while he's FaceTiming his old lady. And I said, oh. I was like, that's a real nice mustache you got there, Staff Sergeant. I said, we should try to put our mustaches together and see if we can get them stuck like Velcro. <laughs> and he wanted to murder me. 
and I'm pretty sure that his wife thought that he was having sexual relations with another male. It yeah, was uh, quite hilarious on my end, but not on his. And Gunny Douglas is actually the one that saved me from getting murdered. So, <laughs> yeah. that's what he does. You know, someone's going to look out for you. Yeah, I can't talk about my story with him without him here, because at that point, I think that's when people would be like, you're a, you're a piece. Like, what, why, how, why would you do that? Uh, yeah. Because you have to have the context, and you have to have, like, him there in person. <laughs> to know how funny it really was. Because it was. It was one of the riskiest things I've ever done in my life. Turned out really funny. It just, in the, you know, if you look at it now, uh, nobody's going to uh, vote me or elect me president. So It just, it's, it's not 2022 funny, but it was like 2011 yeah, it was, funny. It was definitely 2012 funny. Or yeah. 20, what was it, 2011? 2011, yeah. I think. It was 2011 funny. It wasn't 2022 funny. No. Which is now weird it's to say. Super offensive. It's weird to say. Yeah, you gotta. Everyone's got feelings now. You gotta be careful. Yeah, you really do. This whole feelings generation is just killing me right now. Just too soft. They're all just too soft. Yes. So let's talk. You joined 13 years ago almost. Um, yeah. What'd you enlist as? When, like, what was your job? Uh, for oh, the MOS, uh, or MOS you signed up for. 14 Juliet is what it was at the time. It's like air defense artillery. Oh, all right. Um, basically like air traffic controller, deconflict airspace from like X amount of feet and below whatever the airspace that the Air Force don't control. Oh. Um, which in the Guard, we don't get any of it. So pretty much a useless MOS. Hey, that's what I like to hear. That's why the Marine Corps got rid of... Uh, the lads low yep. altitude air defense which is a funny story that's what i originally joined the marine corps as yeah which is why I, I did not end up as such <laughs> yeah they lied to well. me. they lied to me like they do where they're like you're too smart to be a firefighter i'm gonna put you in ordinance and i was like that nah, doesn't make any sense i was like i know what i know what we do in ordinance you gonna be that smart to do it. I didn't even know what ordinance was until I was there. Uh, I knew because my brother was ordinance for like two weeks. And then he got so, fucking crash fire. Break it. What is ordinance? Just blow stuff up? Yeah. I mean, uh, ordinance basically, you know, there's, or at least in the Marine Corps air side where we were, there's three levels. Um, you have, you know, depot level which is like your civilian contractors uh, and shit like that and they're the ones that do like the fine work and all the really smart stuff that requires intelligence and more time than the marine corps has to train you and then there was eye level and that's what you know i was and tj i believe you were eye level right yep i don't I know if you did a stint with o or not uh, an I level is kind of like that intermediate between depot and O level. O levels on the line; they're the ones putting like the rockets and bombs on the aircraft. Uh, I level, we're the ones that like prep the prep the bombs, prep the ammunition, uh, did gun maintenance and rack maintenance. Um, I like I was gun shop. I mean, I ended up in pretty much everything. But gun shop, we would deal with all the cruiser weapons, the any of the weapons like the twenty-five millimeter uh, cannon on the front of Cobras. Dealt with that. Dealt with the turret system that that was on. Um, and then yeah, like I said, O level. Those were the guys that were actually out there putting it on the aircraft, um, trying to do any of the immediate maintenance that they have to get done out on like the air or on the flight line. Which, funny story about that, so whenever I went to Afghanistan, I joined, or I went, I went to uh, Afghan on a line number to be a mine roller, so I had to go get my driver's license for the MRAP with a mine roller on it, and when I went out there, I was like the only motherfucker that went from ordinance as a mine roller, so <clears throat> I was with all the other ordinance cats, most of the time 
until somebody needed a driver to drive the MRAP with mine roller to find the IEDs. So I was a lucky bastard that got to, you know, find the IEDs before everybody else did, if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, to be fair, at least you have the mine roller. Yeah. Yeah, that was all great and grand until they figured out that we were doing that and decided to put pressure plates about 15 foot in front of the IEDs. Yeah, and then they got smart enough to use cell phones and time them and... You know, and then they figured out like EOD, uh, they figured out our routine, which is why, I mean, a routine's kind of a stupid fucking thing to have in a combat environment, because if you have a routine set in stone, then it's easier for them to pick that up. So EOD, you know, they go defuse a IED and then they know that you have to go back and check it at a certain point. So they would just place another one, sit there, wait with a cell phone. <laughs> Which is really funny because they trained us to not have a routine. That way, because complacency kills, you know, and yeah, always, learn, always deviate your, turn this your time, route. You need to take a right turn next time, and if right. once you've taken a right turn, you need to take a straight, and then you go left, and then right, and then change it up every time. Never take the same path. Right. And then we're like, yes, follow this path. Yeah. This works. Do this. Do this every time. Yes. Bad idea. Yeah, it's just... It's fucking military. It's funny. But, um, yeah. So, there's that. <laughs> and you, you've been that your whole 13 years? Uh, about... Less... Maybe six months. Less than a year ago, I went and got a reclass to a 13 series, which is like fire direction control. Okay. Um, 13 Juliet, so um, kind of learning what that is, shooting rockets and missiles from telling lower echelons, like, you know, batteries, where to shoot it and where the bad guys are and doing it on a map and, you know. So you're kind of like the battlefield, like, kind of commander kind of situation where you're saying, like, look, here's where fire needs sent. Um, here's where we need artillery here's where we need ground troops you know shit like that yep fire direction control yep cool usually just rockets and missiles and big big bullets good that's yes yeah, that's badass uh, who doesn't love that it's like the logistical organizational mind of the uh combat side of things i don't like that that's something i could do now because it would probably require a lot less motion out of me your keyboard warriors. Yeah, fuck yeah. We're doing it all on the computer and telling people to do it, and then someone else goes and does it for us. You know. Hell yeah. Much like most social media. Yeah. Much keyboard warriors. Hell yeah. Everyone's keyboard keyboard warrior, and that's what I like to hear. Uh, TJ, you got any like good questions? Uh, seeing as you're a little bit more close to this whole thing, because you know, a you know, Mark, uh, and you're also. Uh, nasty girl. So outside of the National Guard with the nursing aspect, <clears throat> I know that you were going to schools and were you training teachers or what, what were you doing um, going back and forth from school to school? Um, I was kind of teaching kids about boundaries and um, as far as like protecting their body and that kind of stuff um, and you know kind of give them a voice and help them educate themselves uh, and give them a kind of a voice about keeping themselves safe a lot of body safety kind of stuff that's pretty cool yeah that's awesome yeah uh, yeah well, I guess I what would uh, what would your biggest point of uh, whatever you want to call that? Uh, what would your Emphasis. biggest lesson be that you teach within that? Um, that they're kind of their their body belongs to them, and they're in charge of it, and they don't have to let anybody touch, look at any part of the body they don't want to. 
like they're in charge of their body and if uh, someone's not keeping it safe let a, a, a trusted adult know oh that's yeah that's perfect I mean that's awesome uh, and we'll just start your uh, political around here now um, this is a, I think this is a especially big thing to be teaching right now um, when you've got states like California and um, when you've got Supreme Court justices coming up that are trying to be more PC towards like pedophiles um, you know I just think it's absolutely dog shit that we're trying mm-hmm. to do anything for them other than take them and hang them you know from the local fucking tree in the center of town uh, I just I think that's a great thing that you're doing by you know teaching these kids to actually get out there and stick up for yourself you know be your own advocate because you know not everyone's going to especially now most certainly most certainly it's uh very interesting world that we live in and there's it's a great deal different than when we were kids or when I was a kid because I'm probably a little bit older than two of you fillers Uh, but yeah it's it's definitely not like it was when I was a kid yeah not at all I don't think it's how it was for any of us when we were kids but yeah deal with it best way you can you're out there doing that which is fantastic because i mean that's the kind of stuff i'm trying to teach my kids like you know you can't sit there and just let things happen like that like we have to advocate for these kids and kids need to learn to advocate for themselves and if we don't do it i mean who is who's gonna yeah exactly 100 agree yeah that was a good five six years ago i did that for a couple of years and i just been doing uh, nursing stuff now, I'm cardiac nurse, nurse in the you know, metro hospital and just different kind of advocacy and helping people deal with illnesses and many different things. It's, uh, you know, still helping profession stuff. Yeah, and you're in a spot now where you're getting to do, you know, very helpful things. And also in a stressful time with this whole COVID thing that's been going on for the last two years. Um, I guess let's just start with for people that probably don't know. And I think a lot of people wouldn't know, you know, as to what a cardiac nurse does as opposed to just like a typical nurse. I think the only real, you know, up close experience anyone really has is with the nurses at like you know, the family clinics? <clears throat> well, cardiac means heart, so anything that has to do with the heart, from open heart surgery to stents, like going in, basically there's, the heart is just plumbing and electrical. Because um, cardiologists deal with plumbing, basically you've got a clogged pipe, just like a plumber cardiologists fix the pipes yeah. pipes being the veins and vessels in the heart um and then the electricians like electrophysiologists um they deal with the uh, electric electricity of the heart because you know everything's in our bodies ran off electricity so you know anywhere from ablations where they go and burn the bad electricity and rewire the electricity to tells it to the heart to beat in a certain rhythm or where you have the cardiac surgeons that they cut them open and, you know, cut their chest open and do the uh, open hearts and re like bypass the bad plumbing because they can't fix it because it's clogged all the way up. So they'll just run a new line from around the clog to the one that's working. So I just take care of them pre and post procedures. So that's kind of what a cardiac nurse does in a minute and a half or less. Yeah, that was well done. I would have probably fucking drug that out like another thirty minutes, just because. I mean, so I probably could. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I nerd out a little bit, man. I just finished uh, paramedic school before I moved down here, and then I didn't get to finish like my clinicals and whatnot. So I kind of nerd out mm-hmm. when I get to talk medicine and whatnot. Uh, there's yeah, yeah, so it's pretty many, interesting. So many interesting things that happen with it, and there's just a ton to learn. 
which I like, I still get in trouble now. Like when they do an EKG, I'm like, Hey, can I look at that? You know? And I'm like trying to mm -hmm. read my QRS, you know, I'm just like, yeah, hell yeah. I was like, cool. You are nerding out. Yeah. Was, <laughs> You're talking my language though. Yeah. Like you it. know, I was just like, I, I still do. And I'm like looking at it, I'm like, oh, cool. I don't have my QT hasn't prolonged anything like that. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I nerd out. Like I, it's so much fun to me. Yeah, it's interesting. You should uh, finish that paramedic and go to RN and make some good money and yeah, right. work a lot less. Or I don't, you know. Yeah, right. it's a pretty good profession. Yeah, I loved it. I, I was doing it for the last uh, ten years, so you know. Heck yeah! Just I live the live it, breathe it, love it. Now I'm doing. Plastic. We can't do what we're doing if you guys aren't bringing us the patients and you guys are keeping them alive until they get there. So. Yeah, now I'm just doing you plastic know. work. It's not as fun, but yeah, I still try to stay in touch with people in the field and. You know, stay semi up to date on all the new stuff going on. Like you know, since CPR changes every in two years, four seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. silly, but whatever. But I mean, they finally got some best practice. The, best practice. Yeah, you know where we're like, oh hey, yeah, you really don't need to do uh, breaths. You know, like it turns out the body has about five minutes worth of oxygen in it uh, that's just going to run off of. So just move that fucking blood. Move, move that blood around you know which is always fun. for sure sorry i, I nerded that a little bit yeah tj you probably have something a lot less nerdy to talk talk about yeah man fucking let's talk about college football you know who's your favorite college football team mark well by default ou um but by marriage notre dame because my wife went to school at notre dame mm -hmm. for undergrad and, and she got her master's at ou so you know it's kind of a mixed bag all right um, all right any, anybody except texas or alabama there you go hey yeah, see, I'm, I'm not in the i'm not one of those we're doing good yeah i'm a fucking nebraska boy well not much better, but we still have good. Not much better. We but. still have good games. <laughs> yeah. That last OU game, I thought we had you, man. You know, it, it mm -hmm. happens like that. Yeah, was, it'd be like that sometimes. Yeah, it do be, be like, like that, that sometimes. <laughs> it, it do be that. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, that was actually a super fun game to watch, man. Uh, that one came down to the wire, and I was like, "Come on, Oklahoma always fucks us up." And then you guys didn't, and we did. Now we've just taken over your spot. Hey, you know what? A blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes, so, you know, just do what you got to do, little yeah, man. Yeah, I'm hoping we find a nut sometimes. <laughs> it happens. It yeah, happens. it really does. Gotta love college football. College football is just so oh, much. Yeah. I love how much faster pace it is. As opposed well, to the NFL. And, and the players care because they have something to play for, like something to mm -hmm. go forward to from where they're at. You know, like once you hit the NFL, like now you just play yeah, for the paycheck. About? Then they play know? to play in the CFL. Yeah, like ten years later. But and they're big crybabies in the freaking NFL. All I want to do is piss and moan and like, bro, you're making millions of dollars. First of all, be a man, take a hit, quit being a giant gaping vagina and freaking. You're getting millions of dollars. You're going to be okay. Yeah, right. Oh, God. I can't stand pro football. I quit watching it back when Brett Favory was playing. Hell yeah. Who was your <laughs> You know, Brett Favre. <laughs> well, back in my day. Said, who was back your, in my day. Who was your team? Oh, freaking Cheesehead, man. Green Bay, baby. Hell yeah. When I was in high school, because I had a cold super awesome green bay starter jacket because i thought i was cool fucking hey i wasn't you talk about the <laughs> i know what starter jackets you're talking about bro i know exactly what you're talking the puffy about puffy one you yeah. pull over with the little zipper yeah those things yeah. are so cool fucking love those things they're like a they're like a fucking jacket slash um like wind windbreaker Hoodie slash pullover <laughs> slash windbreaker yeah, yeah those things were so yeah. badass if you didn't have one of those Nothing. when you were a kid you really missed out like kids oh, these yeah. days will never understand. Losers. Yeah, fucking hey. Yeah, I'm a Packers fan. Yeah. So I know all about Brett Favre. Was a man, still is a man. Yeah, he was. Uh, 
two more interceptions than the government allows, but you know, whatever. Hey, you know what? You, it happens. Like you said, you know, he's going to get a nut eventually. Oh, yeah. Like, and he did. Got to. And it was great because, like, his whole starting story was just fantastic where the coach was like, God, God we don't want to put him in. He's just that drunk Mississippi boy. Because they said he'd be, like, drinking at practice. Lucky. Right? <laughs> like, it happened. Which is just fantastic to me. He's just real down-home country boy. I love that. You know, that's and successful as hell. That's kind of like John Daly in golf. The, yeah. That's the kind of job I need where I just show up drunk, like, oh, fuck, it's just TJ. He's just drunk. Not a big yeah, deal. Yeah, he's just drunk. And you're still just. Would be worried if he was sober. That's the, yeah, that's that. There's the job I need. Yeah, right there. Eventually. Which is kind of how I feel whenever I go to drill. They're like, what? You, you Are you okay? You don't smell any booze. Like, everything at home, do, like, your family doing all right? Like yeah, it's yeah, cool, man. I just I'm just sober, just trying to just trying to, to adult every now and then, you know. Got to, to adult. Man, it's mildly overrated. It really is. It's not even mildly. It's just dramatically overrated. Yes, yes, for sure. So, but you know, you win some, lose some. Got to do it. Yeah, you do. Sucks, but you got to. Um, Trying to find a way back into this topic. So speaking of throwing passes, uh, have you ever thrown passes overseas? Negative. Negative. Not yet, huh? Not yet. we got some uh, activities coming up and into this year. I think we're going to go play in the sand for a bit. Oh, they're going to Ukraine. No, that's not right. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not right. But somewhere over in that general vicinity, you know. Yeah, it's somewhere, somewhere not in America. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was about to say, it's somewhere not here. Yeah, which is just you know fantastic. Usually it's fun, but we were just kind of talking about that. So um, let's bring, let's go, let's revisit that uh, with you two hashing this out. Difference between national or like reserves versus active duty. What do you want to know? Ahead, TJ. Let's just hash yeah. this out. Let's. I want to get both your guys' side of things on this again uh, for the listeners because it was it was a good conversation. I mean, I'll let you know whenever I get back. I guess because well, not I've even never... with deployments, just like in general, even CONUS stateside. I just feel like so. There, there's a lot to that, <laughs> you know. So on, we'll just say like physical fitness as a start. Uh, on active duty, it was that, you know, the military is your life because it's, it's not just your job, but you fucking, you live there, you, you, you live it, you breathe it, that that's you, Eat and breathe, yeah. you know, so it's a lot easier, I would say to stay physically fit on active duty because whether you want to or not, your ass is going to go running five miles. You know, and responsibility and routine. Yeah. Yep. Well, and it's just, you know, as a reserve in the guard, when you go to work, you just do your job. You know what I'm saying? You don't, compared to like on active duty, when you go to work, the first thing you do is, you know, you're running a minimum of three miles. You know, first thing. My job doesn't make me go run three miles on the, on the reserve side. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long as my ass is there when I'm supposed to be there, then it's good. You know, so you're you're basically forced to stay physically fit on active duty compared to like the guard or reserves. You are solely responsible to do that on your own. Which I know is especially speaking to like active duty personnel, like they don't really understand that. They just whatever, you're just lazy. It's easy to say that you're lazy, but when you have a family, you know, wife, kids, and your job, yeah, a, a regular job that you have to Multiple go do, jobs. and then it's your responsibility to maintain your fitness, is a lot harder to do that on the reserve side or the National Guard side compared to active duty, where like as soon as you get there, like everybody is the first thing you do instead of having like a morning brief. 
to let you know what you have to you know complete for the day is the first thing is, is we're all going to go run three miles and then after that you have your brief and then you start your work day you know so i just think that's a, a pretty big misconception that you know active duty folks have when they think of you know national guard reserves Which it just requires a little bit more discipline because you're not made to do it. You just have to figure that crap out on your own. It's a lot more discipline, honestly, because the the, the the whole mega crap ton of more discipline. You know, because the reserves and National Guard they, they have the same standards as active duty does, so you still have to maintain those standards. You just don't. You are solely responsible for that yourself, you know, and no one's forcing you to do it. So you have to hold yourself accountable compared to just being you know, part of your daily activity. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, I totally get that. Uh, so we've got the physical fitness is obviously just a ton different. Cause like you said, I mean, it was, it was wake up, get there at 5am and it was hello running and you're running, you know, and doing all that crap. So you're right. And you know, being fit was part of the job on active duty side it wasn't you know yeah it's not an option our job was our job i mean you were doing the same thing every day it wasn't going to work and then heading over there on friday saturday or whatever to play you know marine like so yeah i get what you're saying um then next thing so outside physical fitness as far as leadership goes is it different when you try to compare the two? Oh yeah so and this is just my opinion though so you have w- one big thing that i've noticed is you'll have guys that you know they and i'm not knocking on anybody but you know they fucking work at mcdonald's for their civilian job but they've been in the national guard for 20 years so one weekend out of the month they're a real bad motherfucker and you better do what they say because they've been in 20 years you know what i'm saying but they it's you know i kind of like on active duty everybody knows who everybody is you know what i'm saying but that's the same role you play every day whereas like the national guard of reserves you know one guy might be a mechanic so he, you know he's good at that shit that's what he does for a civilian job one person might be an engineer on their civilian job, right? Well, this engineer, as a civilian, could be like an E3 in the guard. So then they have this guy that works at McDonald's who's an E7 who doesn't really, you know, as a worldly aspect, doesn't really know a whole lot of fucking anything. But he's a badass on that weekend out of the month because he's an E7 and you're an E3. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's... Just a big disconnect there. You know, I don't know like how to really explain that unless you've been there and, and seen yeah, it and I felt mean, it, I, I guess. But uh, from, you got you got to figure out what hat you wear and when. Like, yeah, you, know, you don't get to wear your civilian hat because you know you got people that are big dummies, and I'm not gonna. I mean, they're just total dumbasses that you know have been in for a while, like you said, and. You have to listen to them. Like, bro, I don't know how you remember to breathe without somebody reminding you because you're just a dumbass. Right. You know, you got your super smart kid that's like, well, I got to listen to this dumbass? No, man, I'm good. I'm going to go do my thing. So, and there probably is a substantial, I've never been active duty like Marine or anything, but I was active duty guard for a while, which is way different. Um, So there's an aspect of discipline to where, you know, you have to be like, all right, man, got to respect their rank. Don't respect this person because he's a dumbass, but I have to respect that rank. So, I mean, it's, and you might get a rank and not, not, not earned it. That's not the right words, but you might just be there for long enough to be able to get that rank and like, I would think, correct me if I'm wrong, Marine boys, that if you're in the Guard, or excuse me, in the Marines, to order to get rank, you're going to know your shit. You're going to know all the stuff, ins and outs, before you make that rank. 
because it's boarded away different than the guard is. So yeah, I was gonna say the so the difference being, I mean, we don't test for a rank in the Marine Corps. We didn't. I don't know if that's something they're doing now. I haven't paid that close of attention, but you know, most of the other branches, yet you take a paper test, and if you can pass that paper test, then you know you're good to go. I mean, we had pros and cons that we would have to do, and that would affect our score. So, you know, it wasn't just a paper piece of paper. It was leadership above us saying, all right, is he good at leader leading Marines? Is he able to do the job? Is he able to do the X, Y, Z? And then you throw that into your score as well. And it's like you can add points by doing Marine Corps Institute classes or you can, um, you know, your PFT is obviously a big part of it. Having a high PT score is huge in trying to get points for that. Uh, but it was based more based in actual attributes that, as opposed to, can this guy take a test? Now, so the Army Guard is very similar in that aspect. <clears throat> you know, you have to, uh, they do all the same stuff we did in the Marine Corps. Like you, once you hit a certain rank, like say sergeant, you have to do your, uh, well, we would say like, you know, MCIs. So you have to have your MCIs complete, which is like DLC 1 or S SDI or SSD 1 or whatever the fuck it used to be. And it was SSD, but now it's DLC. Yeah, so DLCs and, uh, and then for the next rank, like DLC 2. But then you also go to a sergeant's course. And then you go through like staff sergeant's course, which is like BLC, ALC, you know, all that bullshit. SLC, so it's, it's, yeah, so it's, it's, very similar on that aspect, but it's just which is smart. Yeah, it, you know what? Well, that's how it should be. You have to be able to. You got to be competent enough to show that you are able to lead people. So they're they're very similar on that aspect, you know. But it's just in the Marine Corps or just active duty wise, you prove it daily. You know what I mean? Like they, your leadership knows what you can do because it's it's proven. Like they see you do it every day. We're on the National Guard level; they see it one weekend a month, you know, or two weeks out of the year, and then it just as long as you, you know, check that box, then you're good. You still have to uphold the, the all the standards. You know, your physical fitness, your rifle wall, all that stuff. It's it's still just like it was in the Marine Corps. Which means you end up doing a lot of it on your own time, not during the day or during the week, during your right, which is, duty shifts or whatever. Yeah, that's why I say I think like, like overall, being in the National Guard is yeah, they don't. I'm gonna air, air quote this: is it, it's a lot harder because you have to hold yourself to that standard. You're not being held to that standard, if that makes sense. Well, and they don't see you when you're being a complete total dumbass outside yeah. of the guard. So I mean, if you're a complete and total piece of shit and you can't do it most of the time like get through life barely but you're good for that weekend of a month that's right. what they know you know like which and you guys brought up a point that i'd never really thought about is like the whole like being in a civilian job that has absolutely no correlation period and then bringing that like into your job mos and like you said you know knowing when to wear the right hat and I never even thought about it. Like I, I'm sure that just makes it that much harder to be like, to have that respect, you know? Because I expected the like whoever my NCO was to earn it, you know. Mm -hmm. And if they're just a juggernaut at guard duty because they're pissed off that they have no control over the rest of their lives, then I mean that would be really hard mm -hmm. to respect, especially when you're just like. Okay, dipshit. You work at fucking McDonald's, and you can't fucking get an order right. Like, I never even thought about that. I'm sure that adds a whole whole other layer of bizarreness to us. Yeah. Oh yeah. Bunch of tomfoolery that uh, you're like, you're stupid, bro. Why am I gonna listen to you? Get out of my face. But you know, sometimes you gotta. Let the green machine take care of you. Yeah, that's just a wild thing. Um, 
so we'll move into the kind of the next segment uh, what the show is supposed to be about you know mental health we we do try to pride ourselves on our ability to not ever stay on the topic but uh, we will try to find our <laughs> way back to this so i guess i don't know your history with it uh but i and i've got a couple avenues to go with this but i'll just start with uh have you ever dealt with any ptsd uh anxiety depressions like symptoms like that um from your life i mean not to be specific i just i would imagine especially in the nursing field that there's been some moments where you're kind of like oh shit yeah i think uh and I mean, PTSD is, you know, they're from anything really it can be like everyone's worst is everyone's worst. Like, you know, I may have something that's minute to you or you may have something that's huge. So, I mean, it's everyone's worst. I know probably the one thing that I think back on, like uh, when COVID first come around, uh, like having to put a dead body in a body bag by myself because you know it's COVID positive and had to throw them in there and try to figure that out and how to roll them and you know it's big dude and not to use the word dead weight but it was dead weight like literally um trying to like that was a little traumatic and I'm like dang that that kind of sucks I'll never forget the first time the first patient I had that uh that expired that died um being in the room when this is an old lady, she was probably 463 years old and son's calling the rest of the family. And he looked like he was about 150 years old and he's calling the rest of the family and like, yeah, well, mom just died. And like, he was the only one there and he's, you know, calling three or four other family members. It's like, that's kind of a hard pill to swallow, you know, yeah. kind of tough to not get in your feels and feel bad for him. Cause you know, his mother, which he loves and respects laying in the bed and he's calling his family members like, all right, she dead, she dead, she dead, she dead. Like, man, that, and he was just, you know, hardcore, straight face. And I was like, kind of, you know, make you get in your feels a little bit because, you know, you, you respect your patients and you want what's best for them and you want to take care of them and all. But, you know, like, oh, damn, that kind of hit me right in the heart. You know, what if that was my mom? What if that was my grandmother? You know what I mean? So you see a lot of death. Yeah, um, I think that traumatizes, you know, most people. Uh, anybody. I mean, even even if you know they're 400 years old and you think that hey you know granny's lived a great life uh people there with her you know not dying alone everything's great but still it's just death it's like the end like the ultimate end to something so yeah i'm gonna say we've kind of talked about that in previous shows um the nick wingo episode uh where it's just like you know when you're in these fields you kind of have to lose a certain amount of empathy because yeah if you you get desensitized to it yeah i mean you just you can't feel everyone like it was your mom or your dad and or your kid mm-hmm. you know you just eventually hit a point where it's just like i can't like i have to be able to separate this from where i'm at you know everybody remembers their first that was my first one mm-hmm. i remember the room 248 still remember um but yeah you know now it's like you know i've had large quantities of people expire or die and you know try to give as much dignity as you can you know it doesn't make it easier for the family members but yeah it's one of those you're respectful but like you know it's not going to got a job to do yeah it's not going to change things like after that i mean the outcome you know i think one of the things like i noticed like when mine started when i kind of hit that point you know we had just offloaded a dead body that was a suicide and you know i we were waiting out there on, on the interstate forever. And then we got done, finally missed dinner. And I was like, damn, you want to go to Subway? You know? Yeah. And we're like. Who's hungry? Yeah, I was like, Who's, are you guys ready? Oh, I'm starving, man. You know, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was just covered in blood and muck. And it was disgusting. And I was like, yeah, well, you know. It is what it is, but you know, you, you're respectful right. of the body, you're respectful the to keep the going. people, but, uh, you know, after it's said and done, you're not as emotionally traumatized as you were the first time. You know, like one thing too. too, is like, 
it doesn't matter if you have family members that are sick and like you're expecting them to die soon you're never really ready for that to actually happen no, you know what i mean all. so it's like you're expecting it to to happen soon or whatever but like once it happens it's still you're not prepared to yeah. live the rest of your life without that particular individual yeah, in the I world. feel like the only person's death that you will be expecting is like in well not every time but you know yourself if you get old enough you know or whatever be the case and you're finally just at peace and you're like all right now i'm gonna go i think that's the only death like that you're ever going to be able to like accept and be like not have some tinge of emotion attached to and well, I yeah, could be and wrong. Then, maybe you be, go to heaven well, or wherever and you know you're looking back going damn it so that's a really weird thing too is you know people i don't know like how many people have ever had to write a will before for yourself especially at a young age but it's super weird because you don't to you like so for me example for example is like when i die whatever happens after i die doesn't mean shit to me because i'm i'm fucking dead it's not gonna affect me at all you know what i mean so i think that's why it's a lot easier for you to accept your own death is because it's not gonna affect you after that because you don't fucking have to deal with it yeah exactly consequences are done yeah and like I said, unless they're not, and there's some weird, like maybe all the religions are just fighting each other when you get up there. And uh, I hope you know, so. You're just yeah, just yeah. Make it a fucking going. God damn, that'd be awesome. Oh, wouldn't it be fucking sweet? But yeah, you just get up there and you're just like, fuck, you know? There we go. Yeah, there we go. Spike. Okay, cool. So um, yeah, like we were talking about death, because uh, that's always fun. But yeah, I, I really do. I hope it's a big brawl when you get done. You know, all the religions just battling each other, except for the Mormons. <laughs> they'll be still knocking on your door, wanting to talk to you. Yeah, they'll or wait still to be out there. Witness, whatever. In their white shirts and black tie, right? Oh bicycle, man, when it's four thousand degrees outside. Look, I got a great we story about that. In there. So, I was at a friend's house. Uh, Derek, you know this particular individual that I'm talking about. Oh God! <clears throat> but um, anyway, we were sitting there, and we used to we used to drink a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean like a lot. So that's what we were doing. We were drinking a lot. I don't know if we were. I think we were watching Netflix or whatever, and you know had this knock on the door, and it was uh these two, you know, probably like mid-teen kids on bicycles and wearing suits and ties and stuff with little pamphlets <laughs> and my, they come knocking on the door my buddy answers the door and he had a couple of pit bulls in his house and you know he's covered in tattoos he's wearing like a wife beater and gym shorts he had an ak strapped on his back because you know we play with guns and his dogs are just losing their fucking mind that someone knocked on the door so he's trying to hold these pit bulls back and these kids are on the, at the door and so he opens the door wearing his wife Peter covered tattoos with an AK shot on his back holding these fucking pit bulls. And they're like, uh, good evening. America, that's why. <laughs> good evening, sir. Have you, uh, have you met our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? And he was like, no, but I met the lead singer of Megadeth one time and that was pretty goddamn badass. <laughs> and just slammed the fucking door right in their face. And we just go back to drinking and being, you know, hoodlums and... Americans. It was... Murph. I'm gonna say, like, Fucking one of my greatest experiences that I've had. Oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> Why didn't I ever think about saying some stupid shit like that? I don't think he just thought about it. Like, I think he was just being legitimate. Like, nah, it just I, happened. I, I've never met Jesus, but I met this dude, and he was pretty fucking badass, you know? Oh, God. I mean, I, I'm going to have to remember that the next time they fucking come to my door. They don't come to my door. Yeah, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You pay for nobody mail. Ca- nobody comes to my door. <laughs> yeah, you pay for mail, which is still illegal. You're getting fucked. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I am. But before I moved into this town, uh, where I used to live at, there was uh, I would find a couple of flyers, like probably like 50 yards away from my house. And I think that was just because they were too scared to come to the porch. For good reason. 
because I had, you know, a bunch of chickens running around, a couple of turkeys that were pets, and, uh, you know, dogs on chains and shit like that. But even the neighbors that lived around there were pretty iffy. You know, if, if they heard an explosion, they would call me and be like, was that you? And if I said, yeah, like, okay, cool. If I was like, no, nah, I'm not there. Like, I'm in, I'm in the city right now. Like, oh, shit, something bad happened. Yeah. Yeah. Fun hey. stuff happens. Yeah, fun stuff does happen most time. It's a good time to live. Until you get caught and you're like Wasn't me, Your Honor. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's you know that's what you can prove and what what they can prove. So if they if they can't prove it, it didn't happen. Yeah, if they didn't see it it didn't happen. I'm big on that. Ooh, low battery. It's called, uh, what is that, plausible deniability, something like that? Yeah, get used to saying plausible deniability. Um, It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. And now what Denzel said on training days. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, that worked out great for him, didn't it? Oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of got beat down, but, you know, it happens. Ain't no thing. Sometimes you got to take the ass whooping. Yeah, been there. To get back on topic, and then we can wrap wrap this (laughs) thing up, this shindig up. Oh, yeah. Because we suck at this. Uh, I was just going to ask you, is there anything you've learned uh, since you've been in the medical field that would help? Or what do you do that helps when you're having those, you know, down days, slum days um, with PTSD? Is there anything specific, you know, or any mental health in general? Uh, It helps that my wife is a licensed professional counselor so there's always that um and also um i was i was uh graduated with a bachelor's degree in social work so yeah i kind of got some background on that too um but self-care like self-care you got to take care of yourself um and everyone's self-care is different you know some people might be shooting guns and doing american stuff going fishing playing basketball playing chess i don't know what people do people do whatever takes for you to decompress take some time away uh let your hair down i don't have a whole lot of that but you know what i mean you know you got to have some self-care if you're not taking care of you who's going you're not going to be able to take care of anybody else so you can only take somebody as far as you're willing to go yourself too so not to be all therapeutic and stuff but you know we can always get therapeutic that's probably what we need a lot more of on here Um, you're not wrong but this is our therapy. I mean, at least for me, this is my decompression. I, I love doing this. It's yeah. just a blast. Um, TJ, uh, I noticed he said his phone was getting to the dead point. Um, oh, I'm so, good, brother. I got another 20 minutes. Oh, well, that's probably what's going to take us to uh, wrap this up. That's typically how this goes. Um, so I'm for it. Let's do it. TJ, send it, bro. Uh, what is your takeaway from? our time here with Mark. You know, kind of like he said, if you, no one's going to look out for you like you will, you know, because no one really gives a fuck about you like you do. So you definitely have to take care of yourself, take some time out to uh, take care of number uno. And just fucking... If, if, yeah, you know, you, you got to take care of yourself. If, if you don't, then you can't help anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, you are the most important person in your life. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Cause and you the thing about it is, everyone's, it's all going to look different for everybody. What you do versus what Derek does versus what I do, it's all going to look different. It ain't all going to be the same. We're all different. Yep. I just like going so. out and beating people off. Yeah, we uh, we started this off strong, like getting beat off. Like that's that's what I'm about. Uh, yeah. You know, I I can take a beating. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, I mean, there's there's nothing like just getting beat off. You know, every now and then. Hey, everyone you know, needs it. You know. Yeah, you just got you know get beat off. Or you know, your stupidity supposed to hurt, right? That's what we learned last week. Wasn't here for that, but it sounds plausible. <laughs> yeah. Or wait, I should be denying that, right? Plausible deniability. Yeah, plausible know, deniability. We're back to that. See, I told you. We got to remember that. Um, yeah, stupidity <laughs> supposed to hurt. So, yeah, you know, nothing like getting beat off uh, when you're acting a fool. 
that's yeah, that's what I learned this episode. Uh, is that uh, if you beat off the right people, you get to high places. So it's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> I like how straight laced we can keep it talking about beating people off. Uh, it's fantastic. But you know, you... but seriously though, uh, don't jerk them off. Just beat them off. Uh, keep it safe. Never know which kind of person you're going to end up in a fight with. Unless you're in a fight with a naked person. That's going to be a naked person. It should be a lot it's easier. Possible. That just makes it a lot easier to beat them off. Oh, I was going to say, there's, there's less steps involved. Yeah, because you got a good target. You know, you can just aim for it. Round's complete. Yeah. <laughs> Done. I don't know. Uh, All right, so I guess that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I was like you guys. I, I, I take the self care thing away from the whole thing. I think that's just great advice. I also I learned a lot, man. Uh, today was kind of a good learning episode for me, getting to see how you guys operate on the uh, National Guard side of things, and then I learned that I nerd out a lot harder than I thought when I hear stuff about medical. Um, didn't didn't quite think i was that bad uh but uh you know once we mentioned i was like oh yeah yeah i remember this you know yeah so what you're saying is you get hard when you hear about dudes beat getting off. beat off yeah yeah very well getting up. so yeah you know nothing quite like the sky it. falling you gonna be all right Derek? <laughs> no nah, i'm just kidding uh, i was just looking for guys to beat off uh in the closet here I am. <laughs> we're here. We're here for you guys. Um, so let you know, let's start something new. Let's give a one sentence advice. TJ, I want to hear a one sentence advice. If you're going to turn it down, turn it face down. Boom. Mark, one sentence advice. If you're going to do it, do it right or do it wrong a bunch. Hell yeah. I'm going to go with the uh, old reliable one. What about you, Derek? I'm going to go with the old reliable one. Uh, if you're going to do something half-assed, half-ass it twice. So whole-ass it. You know, but what I said, half story. twice. Let's hear it, Mark. So, I had a whole ass once. Dropped it and cracked it right down the middle. I tried to weld it back together. I burned a hole right in the middle. <laughs> That's all I got. It's, it's such a quality dad joke. <laughs> I'll be here all week. Oh uh, God! My dad would get a kick out of that one. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's so we're so stupid. Uh, yeah. That, oh God, that was good. Um, <laughs> as always, um, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling suicidal or anything like that, reach out to one of us. We're always here. Uh, I'm available twenty four seven, three sixty five. I know TJ is too. I'm sure Mark would gladly help anyone yeah, out. Yeah, most certainly. Um, so. And also, 1-800-273-TALK. They're always there for you. I think that's a suicide prevention hotline or something like that. 1-800-273-TALK. Fantastic. Well uh, done. Yeah. Well, you got to that. Knowledge is power, brother. Yeah, knowledge, knowledge is, is power. power. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys ever need anything, just reach out to us. Uh, you can find <laughs> us on uh, the never broken society of misfits on facebook uh just join in for the party there uh, it's usually a pretty good time if you uh, are going to join the group be prepared to um, probably be offended but don't be a bitch and don't uh, be ratting people out no need for that we are here as an all-inclusive group um you can find us on twitter facebook snapchat all the social media stuff for the most part um with the episode if you would give us a five star rating or whatever rating you want to give us we we can't fix anything if we don't know it's broke and 
that being said, yeah, I would just say I hope everyone has a fantastic rest of your evening and can't wait to talk to you guys again. Appreciate you guys having me on your podcast and uh, America and be safe. Take care of yourself and take care of others. Hell yeah.